We'll take our text this morning from our scripture reading. We'll look at Hebrews chapter 1, and we'll reread verses 1 and 2. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. God's greatest desire has always been to have fellowship and communion with man. The Lord strives to communicate with man. We see that clear back there in the garden. It says that the Lord would come down and he would talk to Adam and Eve and walk with them in the cool of the day. Uh, The Lord always wanted to have fellowship with humankind. And you know, the Lord still wants to have fellowship with mankind. The Lord strives to communicate with each of us. It says here that at sundry times and in diverse manners, the Lord spoke. In other words, at different times and in different ways, the Lord spoke to his people. It said in times past, the Lord spoke to the fathers by the prophets. It says that in the last days, Jesus spoke to us through his son. So we see in the Old Testament, as well as in the New Testament, God uh, desired to have communication with mankind. We would all agree good communication is important. It's important for several reasons. It's how we express ourselves to others. Well, that's how God expresses himself to us. He communicates to us his love and his divine protection and his goodness in different ways and through different means. Problems are solved through good communication. Man's problems are solved through communication with God. We know that his word, it gives direction. It tells us, in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. So again, we know if we have a problem or an issue and we bring it to the Lord, with an honest heart, God will communicate to us what we need to do. It's important for getting jobs accomplished. God himself says in Psalm 32, 8, he says, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. Aren't you thankful again when we maybe come to a situation where we don't see a solution or we encounter a problem or a difficulty, we can go to our Heavenly Father And we can ask God for guidance and direction. And you know, the Lord speaks in very clear, understandable instructions. It's not complicated when God speaks a truth to us. He speaks it in a way we can understand. It only gets complicated when we choose to disregard it or ignore it or maybe change it or try to do something else. And it gets very complicated, but... God instructs us by uh, communicating with us. Most importantly of all, we know communication with the Lord is critical to salvation. 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we confess our sins, that is the act of speaking to the Lord repenting, coming to the Lord with that godly sorrow and engaging God in a dialogue, in a conversation. We know God speaks to our hearts and he convicts us. 
We must respond by asking the Lord for forgiveness and confessing those things. So we see uh, communication is vital in our salvation. You know, probably some of the greatest strides that man has made is in the area of communications. You know, I remember when I was dating Rosie, my wife, there were basically only two ways that we could communicate. That was by way of telephone or by the U.S. Postal Service. There was no such thing as a handheld device or a mobile phone. No, we had to use the old telephones. They were anything but mobile. They were tied into a landline, and they usually were tied into a wall jack, connected by a cord. You couldn't take them anywhere. They were about the size of a brick. And, you know, privacy was an issue. Because if you have more than one phone in your house, somebody could pick up the receiver on the other phone and listen in on your conversation. So it was really kind of inconvenient. It was expensive. The only phone company at the time was Pat Bell. And they charged a flat rate, but for any long-distance calls, they charged it by the minutes. And the rates changed at different times of the day and on the weekends, so it could end up being very costly. Of course, back then, none of that really mattered, but we look at that now, we think, what an inconvenience. You think of all the ways people could communicate now, really, the possibilities are endless. So the other way we would communicate is by writing letters. There was no instant text messaging. There was no spell check. You had to get out a pen and a piece of paper, and you had to put your thoughts on paper. You know, I remember sometimes as I would go to write a letter, I would have to get up and go to the bookshelf and get out in the dictionary, and I'd have to look up different words to make sure I had the meanings right and the spellings had to be correct. Couldn't just check that on my phone. Punctuation had to be correct. You know, if I put in there that I love you, I wanted to put an exclamation point behind it, not a question mark. These things were important. It took some effort. It took some work to communicate. Uh, But those are just a couple of ways that we can communicate. Things have greatly improved. You have Skype, Zoom, FaceTime, all kinds of different uh, social media outlets. So we would say that communication has greatly improved over the years. But I was thinking this morning of the different ways in which God has communicated with man down through the ages. He says he does it in different ways and by different means. You know, one of the ways that God communicates is through adversity and trials. Psalm 119, verse 66 through 68, it says, Teach me good judgment and knowledge. For I have believed thy commandments. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now have I kept thy word. Thou art good and doest good. Teach me thy statutes. The psalmist here was expressing uh, about a time when he had strayed from the word of God. And so God, through affliction and some difficulties, had to get him back on course. You know, sometimes the Lord has to do that. God is not a punishing God. A lot of people have the wrong ideas that somehow God is a God of punishment. We know God will judge righteous and righteousness. He will judge sin. But God is a God of love and mercy. Sometimes God has to correct us and allow difficulties to communicate to us, to get us to that point where we'll listen. 
Maybe as a kid, you heard your parents say as they were going to discipline you, you know, this is going to hurt me more than it hurts you. Maybe you've heard that. I don't think as a kid I was probably real convinced when I was told that. But you know, as a, as a father, as a parent, I understand that a little bit better now. You know, the Lord doesn't get any pleasure out of chastening us, but sometimes he has to because he loves us. And the word of God tells us, it says, Now no chastening for the present seemeth joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them who are exercised thereby. So we see there's a purpose in it. The Word of God also tells us that the Lord chastens those He loves. Sometimes the only way that God can get a hold of us is to send difficulties our way. But you know what? That's His last resort. God always uh, is willing to work with us and speak to us, but sometimes He has to resort to uh, more difficult measures. But God does it out of love. You know, another way that the Lord speaks to us is through nature. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 through 30. This was part of Christ's Sermon on the Mount. And Christ here uses an example of the fowls of the air and the lilies of the field to express his divine love and care to the human race. Sister Christie sang about that. He says, Consider the fowls of the air. They don't sow, nor do they reap, nor gather into barns, and let your heavenly Father takes care of them. Consider the lilies of the field. They don't toil or grow, and yet Solomon in all of his glory wasn't arrayed as one of these. And God was using those elements in nature as a way to remind us of his great love and care for humanity. Psalm 19.1 says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. As I was thinking about that verse there, Brother Nick Seeger's testimony came to my mind. He told about growing up in a Christian home. His father was a minister. The Word of God was an open book. He was taught right from wrong at an early age. But he said uh, somehow he hardened his heart to that Christian upbringing and he resisted God's call on his life. As he got a little older in his teenage years, he began to get involved in all kinds of civil activities. He began to drink and smoke and gamble and steal and rebel against the Lord, but he said in all that time, he never doubted that God was real. One night, he said, God proved it to him in a very unmistakable way. He said he was getting ready to go to a dance. It was on a Thursday night. The only problem is he had to walk by that old church to get to that place where that dance was, and they were holding revival services, and he said he could hear the saints of God inside that church uh, singing and praising the Lord, and he said God impressed it on his heart to go into that service, but he continued on his way, and as he was heading down the road, it said he just looked up into the sky, and he picked out a bright star, and he said as he put up his hand, and he pointed out that star, he said, God, if you want me to go to church tonight, you let that star fall from the sky. He said as he lowered his hand there and dropped it down by his side, that star fell with it. God spoke to him. That wasn't some random occurrence. God used a falling star to speak to his heart. He said, that moment, he said, the fear of the Lord came in and he was heading back to the church. He said, but the devil wouldn't let him go that easy. Those old friends came by and stopped him on his way to church and he went on with them. But he said, that was a turning point in his life. 
He said from that moment on, God would deal with his heart and speak to him. It wasn't until some years later, the Lord had to use another tragedy to get a hold of his heart. He said on a Friday afternoon, he and his friends were going to work on one of their cars and there was a a lightning storm that was starting up there. And so they rolled that old car under a tree. And he said they propped the hood of that car up and it happened to be resting on a clothesline that was connected to that tree. And he said as he left to get a flashlight, as he was returning there, he said he saw a bolt of lightning and it hit that tree and it raced down that clothesline and down the hood of that car where his friend was leaning on that automobile. And it knocked him to the ground, and he was unconscious. So he said he and his friend took that other friend and rushed him to the hospital. Brother Nick said in the back seat he was trying to administer CPR, but that man died when they got to the hospital. So that night, as he was sitting there at home, God spoke to his soul once again. He said, what if that would have been you? Where would you be spending eternity? God spoke to him took a falling star and a lightning bolt to get his attention, but God goes to great lengths to speak to us. It was that very next week he found himself at an altar of prayer and he poured his heart out to the Lord, repented of his sins and bade God to forgive him for rejecting him for so long and the Lord didn't disappoint. He came down and he saved him, transformed his life, but God uses the elements. God uses nature sometimes. He speaks in different ways, but he knows how to get our attention. We want to make sure we listen when God speaks. We know God speaks to the testimonies of others. Again, Psalm 66, 16 says, Come and hear all ye that fear the Lord, and I will declare what he hath done for my soul. How many of us have maybe sat in a service and we heard somebody stand at their feet and tell about maybe a trial or a difficulty they were going through and how God brought them through and Maybe you were going through that very same thing at that moment. God encouraged you and strengthened you. Think of countless testimonies of those who said they came into a service and they heard testimonies for the first time. They heard men and women stand on their feet and tell about what God had done for them and how he delivered them from sin. And so many times it would stir the heart of that here and it caused them to go down and pray and to be saved. But we never know what kind of impact our testimonies will have on somebody else. You know, there's a great blessing for us when we choose to testify and share what the Lord has done. In Malachi, it says, Then they that feared the Lord spake often one to another, and the Lord hearkened and heard it, and a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and that fought often on his name. A book of remembrance, the book of life. When we give God praise and honor for what he's done, God remembers it and he helps us. And he helps those that hear those testimonies. You know, if you were diagnosed with a terrible condition and you found the cure and you realized that everybody around you had that same condition, if you withheld that information from them, it would be criminal. But in a spiritual sense, you know, when you're saved, you pass from death unto life. That old curse of sin is removed from your life. The only problem is all of those around us have that same condition, but we need to tell them there is a cure. It's Jesus Christ. Oh, we want to share our testimony with others. Again, we don't know what kind of impact that they may have on other people's lives. 1 Corinthians also tells us that sometimes the Lord chooses the foolishness of preaching. 
says, It pleased God to choose the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. I thought of another old-timer who used to tell about the first time he ever came into an apostolic faith church service. He said he was sitting there, and he heard the preacher preach, and he said the preacher preached about hypocrisy. Well, he happened to be a hypocrite, this man did, and he said he had a profession on his hands, but no possession in his soul, and it, and it convicted him. And after the message was over, he said he got up and he left the church determined never to come back again. It bothered him so much. Well, next Sunday rolled around, and his wife invited him once again to come to church with her. He said, I'm never going back there again. But for whatever reason, he reconsidered, and he found himself again in a church service on a Sunday morning. He said a different preacher got up to preach, but guess what he preached about? He preached about hypocrisy. He said he sat there thinking, is this all they ever talk about? He thought maybe his wife had tipped off the preacher and told him all about it. But God was speaking to his heart. He said, I realized later that God was speaking to me through the messenger. He left from the church to his job that afternoon and he, with the message of the, that he'd heard ringing in his ears and he became so convicted and so miserable there on the job that he said, finally, there in the engine room in front of three of his coworkers, he just fell to his knees. He cried out to the Lord. He confessed his sins. He said, as soon as he told the Lord, God will give you everything. In that moment, God came down. The power of God came down, changed his life, took out all of that fear and that condemnation and that guilt. So sometimes God uses the messenger or the preaching of his word to speak to, to, speak to our hearts, but we want to make sure we're listening. I thought of all the different ways that the Lord has chosen. He spoke to Moses through a burning bush, spoke to uh, Balaam the prophet through a donkey. That's good to know. If God can use a donkey, he can use us. Sometimes there's a lot of similarities between us and a donkey, but God used a donkey to speak to Balaam. God can speak through songs and music. In one portion of the scriptures, Jesus said, if the rocks or if the people held their peace, that even the rocks would cry out. We know that God often, probably most often, speaks to us through the Word itself, the Word of God. You know what? This is a God-breathed, God-inspired Word of God. It says, Thy word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The entrance of thy words bringeth light and life. Paul himself he commended the Bereans for searching the Scriptures daily. Paul would preach to them, and they would go, and they would search the Word of God and the Scriptures to make sure what was being said lined up to the Word of God. You don't search the Scriptures for yourself. Know what God's Word says. One thing you can be sure of, if you think you're hearing from the Lord, line up what you're hearing with God's Word, and if they line up, it says the Spirit and the Word will always agree, but God's Word brings light and life. It's the bread of life. God's word contains the very words of life. God uses so many different ways to speak to us. Why does God go to such great efforts? Why does he go to such great lengths? Well, it tells us again in his word. It's because of his incredible love and compassion for a lost and dying world. 
You know, uh, it says it's not as well that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. But the Lord knows that on our own, left to our own devices, we're hopeless and we're lost. We're without direction. We're headed for destruction. It says there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. The Lord knows this. So God in his great love and mercy, you know what, aren't you thankful? He steps in. Aren't you thankful the Lord is willing to intervene, call after our hearts, speak to us, show us what we need to do? You know, the most important thing isn't how God chooses to speak to us. Really, the most important thing is how we respond when he does. That's the critical part here. Uh, We need to have more than a one-way communication. When the Lord speaks, we want to respond I'd like to close with an invitation in the book of Isaiah, chapter 1, verse 18. These are God's words. He says, Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Come, let us reason together. The Lord is holding out an invitation to you. We also know that it's impossible for man to come to the Lord on his own. It says that, uh, that a man can't come to the Lord except the Father draws him to himself. Oh, I tell you, if God is speaking to your heart, listen, take advantage of that. We don't know. Uh, many have turned aside God's voice, and you know what? The Lord has never spoken again. So we want to urge you today, if you hear your voice, harden not your hearts. Answer God's call to your life. The Lord will help you. God will bless you. He'll give you guidance and direction, and he'll make you ready for heaven. May God bless you this afternoon. We're going to stand and sing, and we're going to come and have a time of prayer, but may God bless you today.